I'm here with Sean Campbell, who's the founder and general manager for Chirp Radio um, here in Chicago. Uh, we're celebrating Chirp's 10th birthday this year. We um, are. Very exciting. Um, so can you tell people who might not know uh, just a little bit about the history of Chirp, just when and how it got started and, and kind of what it looked like at the start versus now that we're 10 years down the line? Sure, absolutely. When we started the station, we actually worked for almost three years to get the organization going Mm -hmm. and raise awareness and raise money before we even started uh, the actual station itself. So we started the organization in July of 2007. And right around, um, you know, November 2009, we were building walls and laying carpet in this space that we're sitting in, in preparation to launch the station at Mm chirpradio.org. And in that time that we'd been working, one of the things that we'd also been working on was trying to pass a bill through Congress to actually be able to apply for a broadcast license. And it sounds so funny to think of now, but when we started the organization back in 2007, we weren't really sure if there was going to be an audience for streaming media. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we, we weren't sure. Yeah. And so we You're felt, like, is this really going to pan out? <laughs> right. You know, maybe it's just a fad. <laughs> and so we definitely always wanted a broadcast component. But within, within six months of, of starting the organization, we decided, no, we have the enthusiasm. We have all these volunteers who want to be involved. Mm-hmm. We have an audience that's eager to hear us. And so we'll launch the station online and we'll do that forever. Mm-hmm. And at some point, hopefully we'll be able to add a broadcast component. So, um, yeah. you know, in the last two months of 2009, we were also auditioning DJs. We had built up a volunteer group of people who had heard about the work we were doing. So we were having them come in and, and show us what they could do. In fact, again, in this studio that we're sitting in, which was uh, very skeletal at the time. Yeah. And um, getting ready to go. And we set a launch date of January 17th, 2010. And uh, we had a volunteer who had built our website for us and mm-hmm. was handling all the, the infrastructure. We had some other tech volunteers who'd been just great for us. And so when noon on January 17th, 2010 rolled around, we hit the button and signed on at chirpradio.org. And we've been going ever since. That's amazing. Also, we're like, what are we, three days away now from the official 10-year birthday? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, coming. it's coming right up. Or actually, I guess, actually, when this comes out, it will be the birthday. Oh, I that's just realized. Because it's the 14th today, and when the episode comes out, it will be Chirp's official birthday. Woohoo. That's amazing. Happy birthday to Thank three year, three days in the future. <laughs> huh? Um, So, um. I just want to ask a little bit more uh, in depth about um, the Local Community Radio Act and kind of what CHIRP's role was in that. And also what, I mean, just the concept of low power FM radio, what does that mean? You know, in compare, like, I guess, how does it fit into the overall like radio landscape? Sure. Sure. And one of the other things that I just really want to acknowledge with this whole picture is that we have an amazing group of volunteers who's yeah. been with us um, from the beginning. We were really fortunate. We we had almost 100 volunteers when we started. 
And we, we tend to have right around 250 volunteers these That's days. Amazing. And so I'm the only staff person at the station yeah. and everybody else is a volunteer. So all the DJs that you hear, all the people who do the design work, all uh, the, the behind the scenes, the people you see sitting at tables at shows, those are volunteers. And so from wow. the beginning, uh, when it came to trying to pass our bill, the Local Community Radio Act, this was a bill that would allow new low-power stations, stations licensed at 100 watts, mm-hmm. on the airwaves. And part of the reason that, you know, this didn't originate with us. Uh, there were national organizations who'd been working to pass the bill for several years before we even got involved. And the idea was that the deregulation of the radio industry in the 90s destroyed so much local ownership and uh, almost 85 percent of all stations changed hands in the course of like 10 years and it went from being a lot of mom and pop owners Mm -hmm. you know who were active in the communities where their stations were to having you know three four five large corporate owners who owned almost every station in the country right And so the Local Community Radio Act and that activism for low-power FM was seen as something that would help remedy the loss of localism in radio as, you know, Clear Channel and at that time CBS had swept up all these small stations. Yeah. And had really gotten away from programming them locally. And that it would also add, they hope, to uh, diversity on the airwaves. Yeah. And so what happened was the big radio industry, the commercial radio industry, fought this tooth and nail right. and claimed that these little 100-watt stations would interfere <laughs> with their you know, big, full-power 10,000-watt stations. Wow. And it just didn't make any sense. And um, you know, radio has moved as everything has moved from analog to digital. Certainly. And so it used to be that you had to kind of mess with your tuner and tune in your radio station. And it, if you didn't have it quite on the, the, the number that it was, it might bleed into another station. Right. But in the digital era, you know, if you're 107.1 FM, it's not like, oh, if I, if I have, uh, if I'm looking for 107.1 FM, I might accidentally put it at 107.9. Right. You're definitely going to find 107.1. <laughs> yeah. And so basically the commercial stations and the National Association of Broadcasters, which is their lobbying group, were arguing that these small stations couldn't be placed within three clicks of the big stations on the dial. That oh, that, that was how much protection they needed. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, these for little these, stations for being such interfere. big corporations, they seem to be very fragile. <laughs> Absolutely, and so what the local community radio act did was effectively it just eliminated one of those clicks. Okay. Uh, so instead of having three clicks on every side, uh, you know, on either side of a station, it said there could be two clicks. You still had to prove that you weren't interfering in all these oh different ways, but it just removed one of those clicks. Right. So on our third go round with the bill. Um, we actually were invited to lead a White House meeting. Uh, oh this was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at President Obama's White House. Mm-hmm. And we got to go in and, and lead this meeting with all these low-power FM activists from across the country. And then President Obama's technology team listened Whoa. to what we had to say and asked great questions and actually were really well-informed about it. That's amazing. Refreshing. What, what a concept. <laughs> and... Uh, a few months later, our bill passed wow. and was signed into law. And the amazing thing about the Local Community Radio Act was that it actually truly was a bipartisan bill. Yeah. Because whether you're far left or far right or any point other, uh, you know, elsewhere on the spectrum, 
everybody believes that their viewpoint is not being represented by the mainstream media. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was a lot of agreement uh, around this issue uh, that where there would never have been agreement, perhaps, on any other issue if we had tried to debate any other issue in politics, That's we really wouldn't funny. have been on the same page. <laughs> yeah. So we had, you know, some unusual allies. Yeah. But we got together. And, and like I say, it, even then, it took it took three congressional sessions to pass yeah. it. Um, but in, in 2010, it did pass and, and was signed into law. And that just began the odyssey, though, because yeah. once a bill is passed, you know, then the FCC has to write new rules for how yeah. they're going to accept applications. Then you have to apply. Then they have to consider your application. Oh my God. So the FCC <laughs> finally wrote their rules and opened up an application window, and that was in 2013. Wow. And we applied, and then there was a year of consideration, and we were granted a construction permit for a broadcast license, which means you get to build one. Yes. Uh, we were granted that in 2014. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, you know, uh, a project that had started in 2007, finally in, in, in 2014, they told us, go ahead. And uh-huh. then we had to deal with, like, some city licensing and permitting and some location changes. And so it was October 2017 when we finally launched at 107.1 FM. Wow. So it's the 10-year anniversary of the station in its streaming version. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll have another 10-year anniversary in seven and a half years oh, yeah. for the broadcast. Of course. <laughs> it's been no small amount of labor. Right. That's for sure. And and like you said, it's been so much volunteer work as well. Definitely. And the great thing also about the Local Community Radio Act is that it didn't just benefit us. Like I say, there were these organizations from across the country, and there are now more than 750 new stations that are on the air because of the bill that we helped pass. Yeah. That's amazing. Um so uh, to switch gears a little bit, um, so just kind of reading about you guys like on your website and everything, um, something that stood out to me um, was uh, sort of part of your mission statement was that uh, the volunteers and staff at Chirp are true believers in radio that is diverse, exciting, live, and locally based. Um, what are some, can you tell me some specific ways that you feel like Chirp volunteers and staff like really kind of embody this belief and put it into practice. Yeah, and that's a huge part of what we do and why I wanted to start a radio station and Mm -hmm. kind of the values that we try to uh, really talk to our volunteers about from day one, from when they join. We think that radio strengths are kind of its traditional values that it always had, which is that radio is local. Mm -hmm. It's immediate. You know, you can turn on your microphone right now and talk about what's happening in real time. Yeah. And that it's really intimate. Um, You know, you listen to radio in these really uh, personal spaces. You listen in your car. You listen in your shower. You listen when you're waking up in the morning. Yeah. And so radio at its best has this ability to really build relationships with its listeners. Yeah. And so much commercial radio, again, has kind of gotten away from that. And the way that they've gotten away from it is that are, are, are these things that we really embrace. For instance, right off the bat, uh, we are true believers in supporting local bands and playing a ton of local music. Mm-hmm. So every hour of every day, you'll hear local bands on Chirp. And uh, some of them might be bands that you've heard of before and that are well known. Mm-hmm. And others might be bands who are just starting out. They don't have a record deal. They you know, maybe only have a single. Yeah. And they submit music to us and we're happy to play it. 
And so really, I think that uh, supporting local scenes and having a sound where, you know, if somebody tunes in and listens to Chirp for a while, even if they weren't from here, they, you know, we talk enough about Chicago music and shows that are going on in the community and what bands are up to that it's very clear, like, okay, you're in Chicago. We have a real sense of place. Mm -hmm. And that was important to us even before we had the broadcast signal. And sometimes people would ask us, but you could have people listening all over the world. Why are you so committed to Chicago? Yeah. Do, you know, what if people feel excluded because <laughs> you're talking about Chicago all the time? But we feel like that's a real selling point. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we know that there are expatriate Chicagoans who listen because it feels uh, connected to home for them. But there are other people who've never been here who say, like, I feel like I know what Chicago is like just uh, from listening. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's also just the sense of having DJs who are live in the studio in real time who you can interact with. And so, you know, if somebody has a question about music that we're playing or they are curious about a show that we mentioned or sometimes it's a, a ticket giveaway that we're doing, yeah, they have the ability to interact with the DJ. So one of the things that I say a lot, and I, I really truly believe it is like your Spotify account will never make you feel slightly less alone in the world. <laughs> like your radio That is very true. Yeah. Your radio station is kind of like a friend. It, yeah. Over time it kind of becomes a trusted friend. And actually knowing that there's a person out there, like when you're tuning in and, and you hear that voice and you know like, okay, that's a real person who's out there telling me something that interests me or sharing yeah. some music with me that they think I might like. And it's not because a computer is telling them to play and it's not because like a corporation is telling them this is what you have to play it's because they feel passionately about the music that they're playing they're making choices to share this with me yeah Um, you know I think that that is really it doesn't have to be necessarily just a local value but um, we know that so much of our audience is local and again we're talking about things that are happening not just in real time but also things that are happening in real place here in in Chicago yeah I I really like the 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 dedication that um, Chirp obviously has to really promoting live upcoming events um, that are happening locally and um, and the fact that you guys get involved with like ticket giveaways and stuff it really uh, kind of gives like a physical context to like what you're hearing over the radio and Right. That's yeah. what we try to do. And we also um, do public service announcements for, you know, more than 100 nonprofits every year. So we want to support the nonprofit community in Chicago. There are so many amazing nonprofits mm-hmm. and um, we give them the opportunity to uh, let our listeners know what they have going on as well. That's awesome. Um, so now that um, now that Chirp is 10 years old, now that it's the 10 year old, um, do you have, other than celebrating sort of an, another birthday in seven and a half years or so, um, do you have any kind of specific goals for the station in the next 10 years or non-specific goals, you know? Yeah, I think one of the big things that we're always trying to do is actually just letting more people know that we exist. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really good at reaching people who are in the spaces where we are, which is, you know, at shows, at street festivals, people right. who are getting out and seeing a lot of live music or being kind of involved in independent culture. And, you know, as a small grassroots organization, um, we don't have a big marketing budget. We can't put billboards on the Kennedy or something. So (laughs) we always feel like one of our ongoing challenges is just to kind of continue to spread the word of the station and let more people who we know would like the station, who haven't found it yet, help them help them find it. 
Um, in addition to that, I think that we're always looking at uh, ways that we can kind of serve uh independent music and culture in Chicago better. We are always uh, thinking about different kinds of events that we can put on that bring people together because we think that, you know, in addition to kind of having this virtual thing where everybody's listening, that we all also like to get people together in real spaces. Oh, yeah. And so we, we think about different kinds of events we can do. Um, one thing that we've wanted to do for a long time, and you can see how it could be a challenge here, uh, being in our space, it's, our space is not very big. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've always wanted to do is to be able to have live bands. Um, yeah. And that doesn't really work here. Um, it would but, be a little tricky. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that we're working on this year is we're partnering with Smashed Plastic Record Pressing. And uh, they have a really nice big space and a stage. Yes. And so we are in the process of working with our engineers to set up a connection between their place and ours so we can have bands play live at Smashed Plastic and broadcast it live over the air. That would be so cool. So that's actually, that's a fairly near-term goal because yeah. that's something that uh, is going to happen this year. We don't yeah, have that a is, launch that date. is going to be reality. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they're good friends of ours and, um, you know, they're... Uh, you know, two out of the three partners are our chirp volunteers too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've been so excited to see how things have taken off for them. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's great to be able to work together. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about, uh, one of, I think you have a, a couple of anniversary events, um, happening. Um, and one of them that's coming up is February 1st. You have this joint event with Smash Plastic, um, record pressing at Sleeping Village. Um, can you tell people a little bit about what they can expect at that event? Sure. Uh, the whole idea was we just decided we wanted to celebrate together it being our 10-year anniversary and Smash Plastics' one-year anniversary. They're little babies. And <laughs> Yeah. And so we just talked about, you know, different things we might be able to do to work together and, and throw some sort of a party. And we love Sleeping Village. And, uh, you know, we decided that would be a great place to have this party. And, of course, we also love local music. So mm-hmm. we've got three great bands who are playing. Um, and we're really excited about that so uh, on the bill it's the dyes and space gators and supernova and so it's going to be a really interesting night you know uh, three different acts with pretty diverse styles yeah and uh you know we're going to have a lot of uh chirp volunteers uh there chirp djs uh smash plastic djs and uh we're just going to be hanging out and inviting people to come in and and check out some great local music and have a good time in celebration uh, in celebration of our 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 two organizations so <laughs> that's awesome uh are there Are there any other kind of anniversary related events coming up um, that you want to tell people about or is this kind of the last one? Uh, It's not the last one by a long shot, Um, but it's um, we kind of had two kickoff events here at the beginning of the year. So we just did one this past weekend, actually, Mm -hmm. that was kind of the official the launch of the anniversary year. (laughs) We just had a nice dinner event at Rojo Gusano in uh, Ravenswood. And so then we've got the party at Sleeping Village. And then as the year goes on, there are going to be uh, a number of other events that are still in the planning stages. We're definitely going to have an open house here at the station in the spring. Awesome. And so people can come in and see the, uh, you know, everything in action, our uh, <laughs> 1,200 square feet of, of, of radio action and uh, some other events in, in the summer and the fall. Awesome. 
And of course we do, we, you know, have our uh, annual record fair coming up on May 2nd. So that's yes. not officially an anniversary year event because it happens every year. But, you but know, it's an awesome event. It is, <laughs> if I do say so. So we've got some really cool things uh, in the works that we're not really quite ready to announce. All the specifics <laughs> You're not at liberty yet. to say it. Right. Um, but uh, there are going to be some, some added bonuses to this year's record fair. It's uh, back at Plumbers Hall on May 2nd. Oh, very cool. Um, where can, so people can listen, obviously streaming through the, the Chirp Radio app, which is easy to find. Like if I think I just searched Chirp Radio in the app store and it was very easy to find. Um, and also through the website, chirpradio.org. Yes. Um, and where else can people find Chirp Radio online? Sure. I mean, you can go to chirpradio.org to listen. You can go to chirpradio.org slash mobile if you'd like to have the direct links to mm-hmm. our app for iOS and Android. You can tell your smart speaker, play Chirp Radio. Yes. And uh, th- your smart speaker will be happy to do that for you. <laughs> uh, and on the north side of Chicago, you can listen at 107.1 FM. Excellent. Um, can people find you on social media? Absolutely. We're, um, you know, we're, we're Chirp Radio, at Chirp Radio on Twitter and Instagram, slash Chirp Radio on Facebook. Excellent. Um, is there anything else you would like people to know about Chirp Radio? I think that it's a time where everything is at your fingertips and you can be overwhelmed with musical choices. And um, whether you're somebody who feels like you're really a music expert or you're somebody who's just kind of beginning your, your musical exploration journeys, um, it can be easy to get overwhelmed. And so what we think that we offer and that we think is really valuable is curation by people who, who truly care about the music that they're playing. And that uh, a, a radio station can, you know, at its best, it can surprise you mm-hmm. um, in a way that an algorithm won't because it's easy to find music that sounds like what you already like. Yeah. And so here at Chirp, you know, we add, there's definitely just a human component in that we're talking to you about the music that we're playing. We're telling yeah. you what's going on. We're telling you about your community. But even in terms of the music that you're hearing, for musical discovery, uh, we're really happy to introduce people, not just to music that sounds like what they'd like, but maybe music that you never would have dreamed that you would have liked, you never would have discovered on your own because it doesn't relate to anything yeah. that you've really listened to before. And so those musical discoveries and surprises are something that uh, we really love to be able to provide. And we think that that is one of the great selling points of independent radio is that you can hear this, uh, this, this music that you wouldn't find anywhere else or just in a mix that you wouldn't expect. You know, it's yeah. not like everything we play is unfamiliar, but the context that you're hearing things is really different. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, uh, you know, we provide this, this source of, of learning about music, of hearing music sometimes you haven't heard for a million years or a song you never expected to hear on the radio. Yeah. And so I think that that is what, you know, another one of those strengths that radio, when it isn't beholden to corporate interests yeah. and uh, just trying to play songs that you already know because, you know, as long as they're familiar, you'll be sticking around, you know. Right, yeah. Um, you know, we, we definitely are just playing such a wide variety of music. and It's, it's like a little more risk-taking in terms of, like, challenging people's 
tastes and assumptions about music and it makes it a lot more interesting yeah and I think we do that without we're not trying to be purposefully difficult though we want to create a listening experience that people really enjoy so like there's a mix there's some stuff that's familiar some stuff that's unfamiliar some stuff that you know like is this genre that genre uh you know we don't just focus on one particular type or era of music because we don't think that people only like one kind of music and that's really you know what our programming philosophy comes down to yeah certainly when I've listened to the station before like it's it's such a wide variety that um and I think I'm close enough to normal that I listen to a wide variety like a lot of other people do and 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 it's such a wide variety that you're playing on the station that even if I'm not necessarily super into something that's playing you know right when I turn the radio on it if I wait you know three to five minutes like (laughs) I'll probably hear something like right away that I'm like oh this is even you know I either really like it or it's like something that's making me think or you know it's something I haven't encountered before so totally we use this our tagline hear what's next and it can mean two things you know on the one hand it can just mean like hear what's up and coming here's uh, you know hear what you haven't heard before but it also means oh, maybe you don't love what you're hearing right now. What's next is probably going to be something that's very different. So stick around, hear what's next. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so thank you so much. Um, congratulations on 10 years, well, 10 plus years, really, of really, really hard work. Um, and you. having such a great and supportive community. Um, the uh, February 1st, um, 10th anniversary event with Smash Plastic is at Sleeping Village. Um, doors are at 8.30. Show is 9.30. Um, it's $10 advance and $12 at the door. Um, did I miss anything? I think that, <laughs> that takes care of it. You can find uh, more details at chirpradio.org slash events if yes. people want to track that down. Awesome. Thank you again so much. Oh, thanks for having me.